probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Travis Bowe from Watchmen Minute. Ah, thanks for coming back uh, for the, the middle of the week here. My pleasure. Yeah, so uh, how, did, how long have you guys been doing Watchmen Minute? Um, we're still in pre-production right now, so... Uh... Stay tuned in 2018 for those episodes. Sweet. So yeah. I, I have to ask, and I know you guys have probably been asked a million times, but which version of the movie are you going to do? Director's cut. Cool. So 186 minutes <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I think doing that, uh, is, is it the ultimate cut that's got the, uh, what is it called? The, the Black, Black Freighter. Sail? Black Freighter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, we could have done that version as well, you know, on top of it, but... I don't know. It's a I lot think of it, episodes. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> and and there is like the black Fre- you know the black freighter stuff exists in its own you know standalone yeah uh, release. So that could just be um, weekend edition type material. So we'll, we're not sure what we're going to do with that yet. But you know I'm sure we'll cover that at some point as well. So yeah, cool. Yeah, that'll yeah, be a fun one. That's that's a movie that's definitely. Rich with uh, controversy and and, oh, yes. and stuff to talk about between you know yeah. comparing it to the graphic novel and right. all that good stuff for sure. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So for yeah, b- until then, you know, you can follow along with us at uh, Watchman Minute on Twitter, and then yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated there. Right on. Definitely do check that out, listeners. That that's going to be an interesting one. So uh, today on the podcast, we're talking about minute seventy three of the thing, which. Begins with a child saying that nothing human could have made it through that uh, through the blizzard, and ends a minute later with uh, with McCready uh, taunting Childs and saying, "Go on, burn me." <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we see a, a little bit of a turn of the tables at some point during this. Yeah, minute. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think this is this minute is a great one for kind of um, a character study of these kind of five or six characters that are kind of the centerpiece of the movie at this point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you really get to see kind of who they are, what they mm-hmm. boil down to in this, in this moment, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we begin with, uh, with Palmer saying, you know, that we should let him in. So, you know, <laughs> that might, might be our best chance to blow it away, which is like, holy shit like they're immediately yeah, ready yeah. to just like not like letting him stay outside and freeze to death is pretty bad <laughs> like sure. that's pretty awful but like that seems pretty tame when compared to like yeah let's mm. open the door so that we can burn him alive before right. like like immediately like before we even see if he's like you know good to go or not <laughs> yeah, i love that you know in my initial run through these minutes um at the end of the previous minute I, I noted, you know, Palmer saying, let's open it. Um, 
and I wrote down that I have to believe what he's really saying right there is let's open it and then I'll blast him with this flamethrower. And so I love in this minute right away my uh, suspicions were confirmed that, <laughs> you know, that's exactly what he wants to do. Yep. I, it's it's so great. <laughs> yeah, Palmer, like n- knowing what's happening with Palmer uh, later in the movie and, and going back and watching the movie with that in mind, he is like so, so suspicious. Uh, you know, if, you, <laughs> if you're kind of knowing what to look for, he's so overly aggressive and like ready to take on anybody at like a moment. Like yes. Childs is like kind of, Childs is intense, and um, uh, I'm trying to. What's the word that uh, McCready calls him when he when he says he shouldn't be in charge? Uh, uh, somebody who's a little more level headed. Oh um, yes, yes. But you know, Childs is like that. But Childs is also not like inhuman. Like sure, Palmer is like inhumanly cruel. Uh, like particularly in this part of the movie, like he is so ready to turn on everybody violently. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and like you said, um, Childs is is curious why Palmer is so eager to, you know, or what does he say? Like, so anxious. Why are you so anxious to let him in? You know? Yeah, so yeah. I like that he is aggressive, but he is also thinking pretty clearly, you know, yeah, even the minute before he says, maybe McCurdy hasn't turned. Yeah. It's, it's like looking at that. Uh, I, I can't remember what it's called, but like that grid, the character grid, he's like, okay. I, I, I don't know if he's maybe like the chaotic neutral. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, and, 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 uh, windows is kind of on the other side. What's, what's the opposite of the chaotic, um, uh, I can't remember, but yeah, maybe windows is on the other corner of that grid. lawful. Yeah. L- lawful neutral or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm sure our, our nerdy listener base is screaming into their earbuds <laughs> oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is it is interesting seeing these guys play off each other because you know Childs is Childs is pretty aggressive and ready to to do something about it, but Palmer's mm-hmm. ready to kind of violently take him out, and that's yeah. when Windows becomes kind of the ultimate voice of reason here. Well, the one with like the slightest glimmer of humanity that's left in this little group, right? And, and questioning Windows, what a, yeah. Windows is interesting because he's like kind of the trauma. He from after the radio room attack with Blair, he kind of is like this traumatized person through the rest yeah. of the movie. He's always kind of shell shocked a little bit. Mm. Um, so his, you know, he changes a lot after that point. And it is interesting that I don't know if that that uh, that event that happened to him really kind of puts him in this this weird position where he's kind of the voice of reason as like sure. one of the younger guys and kind of he's like. You kind of think of him as like one of the meeker guys, but he's he's always the one who kind of voices concern. Like, uh, I don't think we're doing the right thing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always think that his line stands out a little bit. Like, it's kind of childish the way he says it. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, what if we wrong about him? Like, it's just sort yeah. of weird the way he phrases it, and it always hmm. kind of stands out. I'm not sure why that is. It, it is kind of like he's yeah. His cadence with, with which he delivers the line is a little. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It, it has a weird flow to it, but I love child's response. Then we're wrong. Yeah. It's intense, man. Oh man. It's so intense. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's child. It's like pushing more towards that, the Palmer side of the spectrum where he's like, well, you know, I guess we'll be wrong, but we're still going to kill him anyways because we can't risk it. Like that's so scary. Like this is the Mm -hmm. point of the movie where, um, I can't remember exactly how long, but I think it's like 24, 27 minutes or something in between, you know, uh, monster attacks. So there's this long portion of the movie where really the villain is very clearly 
the mob, like, you know, that yes. it's everybody else. So it's, it's re- you know, it's this very scary moment where somebody, Childs is somebody you could, you could probably say you, you, we've kind of um, identified with him in, in a few points in the movie. Like he's not a character that's, he's a character that's been kind of in focus a, a good bit throughout the movie. Sure. Um, so when he's like, you know, then we're wrong. Like that's, it's pretty intense. It's pretty scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just jump in with my, uh, my notes about Childs and yeah. kind of how I see him as a character because I believe that he has a really big problem with McCready regardless of, of any of this, you know, thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because he seems to be willing to kill McCready just to be sure. Like, right. You know, it, regardless of whether he's infected. Um, because I, I just think these two have a really rocky past and maybe that's something that they discussed, you know, with Kurt Russell and Keith David or David Keith, Keith David, Keith David. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if maybe they got together and said, maybe our, our two characters just hate each other. You know, maybe we got in a fight when we first got here. Maybe we, you know, something went wrong, but we hate each other. And I believe that that if you watch this movie with the line earlier about you know maybe someone more level headed, that's not that has nothing to do with this situation. That's right. a line that you say to someone based on previous uh, action or previous encounters. Like you know, so I just feel like these two guys just hate each other. Yeah, um, and especially think, saying things like you know then we're wrong and who cares if McCready's dead, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, and then coming up when he's like, you're a dead man, McCready, as he's, <laughs> as he's axing in the door yeah. and then McCready's response later of just come on, child's burn me. Like I, I just, those are not, that's not the way you talk to someone based on this one incident that's happening currently. This is, this is, you know, this is an interaction of two guys that, have had many run-ins, I think. So oh, sure. that's just, that's how I see this movie, and I think it's it's really fitting if that is their backstory. Um, I think it's a nice fitting end to the movie. You know, later on, I like how I like how the movie ends based on my my headcanon of of that that being the case with them. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think I don't. I think that's pretty fair to read that into the movie for sure. That there's some kind of antagonism between those two that predates anything that we see here. Um, yeah. And it is interesting because I know that specifically I've heard some of the actors talk about that Childs and Clark uh, had decided in rehearsals that they would have kind of this butting of heads thing because the two of them are, were kind of the biggest guys, like the kind of the strongest dudes uh, okay. in the cast. Sure. But there's definitely something going on between Childs and McCready. And, you know, I think this is, it's a, this is a good place to mention that, um, you know, the benefits of the fact that they spent a lot of time in rehearsals doing, um, doing like kind of just script readings and table reads and stuff like that, because it really, I think it gave these guys a chance to kind of develop some of those unseen histories that, um, you know, we come into the movie knowing almost nothing about these guys. Like aside from a few exceptions, we don't even really know what all these guys do at the outposts or what their jobs are, how long they've been here. Like, we come in very cold. So for them to all have this kind of history that just subtly comes out in the way they relate to each other is just makes it so much more 
believable and um, and makes the kind of breakdown of all those relationships and 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 the problems that they've maybe had in the past, like this one that we're talking about, gets kind of like magnified by these like the super stressful events that they're their situations that they're put into. Yeah, it kind of you know puts everything under you know in throws them into the boiling pot. Uh, all the things that are simmering right beneath the surface. So it's it's pretty cool to have those kind of unseen stories that kind of play a role in a very very subtle way. And I think yeah. I think you're right about these two for sure. So yeah, as right after he does that, uh, well then we're wrong. Line they hear the glass break and uh, and they know they think that it's in the supply room. And that's when we get like it, it's funny because Norris goes totally. He's like a swinging pendulum in these <laughs> scenes. He goes totally back and forth between like. Yeah. Being like kind of the, the the nice guy who's willing to give, give him a chance and saying that you know this is exactly what it wants like we shouldn't be fighting, and then here he's like well we've got no chance now or, or no yeah. choice now he's like totally ready, he's completely turned to the other side at this point. Yeah, and I, I have no idea what he means by that line of we've got no choice now or, you know I mean obviously we see what he does the next next minute i think but, yeah i think uh, so yeah, i don't i don't know what that line means really right no. <laughs> because you know just just because mccready is out <laughs> in like negative 30 degree blizzard outside and you know whether he's human or not i think it's pretty justifiable for him to break into a window and try and get in if they've <laughs> yeah. locked him out yeah. like that's a pretty reasonable thing for a person to do as well mm. so i don't think it proves anything uh but it's just another another sense of somebody who may or may not be the thing you know taking a a bit of a leap of logic there uh, yeah. in order to kind of fuel the fire, I guess. Another thing I like about this minute is watching Nalls like in the background. Once, once McCready is essentially at the door, you know, starting at the, at the last minute, mm-hmm. he has physically put himself behind Palmer and Norris. And uh, I think because he's just scared that um is going to bust in the door and just kick his ass. Yeah. And then in the hallway, you know, there's the exchange about um, McCready knowing that it, about the, the guideline and then uh, Nalls uh, says something and then just runs away. So I think I know that Nalls has one, you know, one method of self-preservation, which is flight, <laughs> you know, given that he cut the guideline in the, you know, in the first place and uh, and saved himself. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's, there's almost too a sense of like, maybe he's behind these guys because he's like, oh, please don't let them remember that 30 seconds ago, they were <laughs> totally sure that I was infected too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, even in the hallway too. And he's, uh, you know, you, we can hear McCready through the door say like, Hey, something happened to the toe line or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you know, he's, he's like totally not, it's funny because he doesn't really sound suspicious or anything like that. He's, he's yeah, like, wait, yeah. what's going on guys? Um, but Nalls is like, oh, he knows damn well I cut that line. Like he's, he, <laughs> yeah. he's definitely afraid for his life. That, a little guilty and yeah. you know, a little scared of what, what might happen to him. I think I'd, I'd be afraid if, if, uh, you know, if I cut Kurt Russell loose and he, he was banging at the door to be let back in. Absolutely. <laughs> I totally get that. I, I do like. I think this is uh, this is the most shining moment of this movie for sure. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which had just come out. Um, they were filming this in '81, and Shining, the Shining, had come out in I think July of '80. Um, oh, okay, so definitely kind of still fresh in the in the you know horror landscape for sure. But yeah, yeah, this is a very Jack Torrance moment here with Childs cutting through that door with an axe. Oh, like yeah. I can't <laughs> imagine that's a total coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead, man, McCready. <laughs> 
it's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's pretty straightforward. Like Childs, yeah, is, Childs yeah. is not uh, not hesitant at all yeah, in, at this yeah. moment. <laughs> so yeah, he's, as he after he starts cutting in the door and yells at him like that, we we do get our first cut to McCready, which is almost a relief because like at this point we don't know what the hell's going on yeah, on the other side. Like yeah. we really don't know if it's McCready or not, or, or whether he's infected or what is going on. So we get that uh, cut to him, but it, it doesn't really provide that much relief because it's a really creepy, eerie looking shot where he's just like bathed completely in this yeah. blue, dark, dark blue light. Um, it's a very interesting shot. We don't really, and so you can't really make out, you know, what he's doing or what's going on exactly. It's, and it's a very quick cut too. Sure. Um, so it doesn't really provide the kind of like, oh, thank God he's not a monster. Right? Yeah, they're they're <laughs> extending that. You know, we're we're gonna make you wonder just for a few more seconds. Yeah, and then we get the big moment where they bust mm-hmm. in, and just as they get open the door open, McCready's able to get his flare lit, and we see that he's uh, holding a flare and in one hand, and in the other hand, uh, a couple sticks of dynamite. So, uh, which. Is kind of, I always, every time I see this part of the movie, I always feel like, um, I've seen the movie in theaters once or twice, but it's been a pretty long time. But I feel like this is a moment where you might get a cheer from the crowd, like, McCready's back. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. It is kind of, it's almost a hero moment because, you know, obviously you'd have to think about it a little bit. It might take you a minute to kind of grasp the consequences. But, um, you know, the fact that he's doing this, that he's threatening his own life. And as long with everybody else's kind of proves that he's not a thing because why, you know, the thing would not do this. Like, yeah. Um, so it is like, uh, thank God. Like he's not, he's not infected. And now in, in one way or another, like regardless of how he does it or how destructive it is, he's like the character we've been following is back in control and, and kind of, uh, you know, has, has control over what's happening with the group that's been fraying at the edges. Yeah. I just love that frozen Kurt Russell. Like it's just a haunting image. Oh, it's you know? so awesome! It's, it is great. I'm not sure why, but when I see him holding the dynamite with that frozen, like sunken eyes, almost, mm-hmm. you know, um, and threatening to take everybody out, I, I it makes me think back to kind of the the what is it, the one sentence line every character got that you, you talked about and talking about how this guy was in Vietnam and he took a job flying helicopters mm-hmm. here just just to distance himself from that and there's something very like war is hell about his look here and it just it really made me think of that uh description earlier that that you guys talked about so yeah that's a great point it, and it is kind of like you know maybe he's using those kind of skills that he used uh you know, back in his, his military days, potentially that to, yeah. to survive and, and to know how to do this stuff. And, um, so, and, and it is, it's such an iconic look for the character too. Like if I think about McCready, like this is what I'm thinking about is yeah. McCready with the dynamite and with the frozen beard and the that sure. super kind of pale look. Cause it's such an iconic yeah. moment in the movie where, you know, he kind of comes back into control after, after we've, we've been so uncertain about him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, this is, there's, some great uh great makeup and everything in this minute and um i thought it was worth mentioning that the uh the ice in his beard is made of sugar <laughs> okay yeah i i noticed it and i wasn't sure what they did there but yeah that, that, huh. uh so 
Which is interesting too, because I was thinking about, um, you know, most of this stuff and the inside of the the outpost was filmed on a set. They did have an identical one built actually out in uh, British Columbia, but this is probably on the set. And um, so they they talked about how eventually they all got tired of having to take off all of their winter gear to go eat lunch in the commissary every day because uh, it was like 90, it was like unseasonably hot uh, (laughs) in LA when they were filming this. And so they just go kind of in their in their costumes to lunch, and I, I really like to think that uh, Kurt Russell's you know going out to lunch with his sugary beard and yeah. uh, his parka and with some dynamite under his arm or something. He's <laughs> prob- probably got some funny looks around the uh, oh, around yeah. the around the lot, I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, we just the very end of this minute, we just get that kind of reveal of of McCready, and we'll, we'll get into some more of that uh, more of that t- in tomorrow's minute, but. Definitely a, a pretty iconic moment in the movie here with yeah. uh, McCready coming back. For sure. I think that's more or less everything I had for uh, for my notes. Did, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? No, I'm good for this one. Cool. So I think that will wrap up uh, Minute 73, but uh, you can always check us out in iTunes or uh, all kinds of other podcast uh, sources. So, you know, we're on Stitcher and Podcast Addict and pretty much anywhere that you can get a podcast, you can find the thing minute. But uh, I do mention iTunes specifically because uh, listeners that do use iTunes, if you could log in there and give us a, a quick review, a, a rating, that means a lot and makes a big difference to uh, to podcasts like ours where you know that's how that's the main way where people can really hear about it and discover the podcast when they search for search for a minute podcast and they see one that's got lots of good reviews and things that makes a big difference. So any the people who have done that, uh, like Travis here, uh, are very, very, very uh, appreciated. And um, anybody else who can join in and do that is much appreciated. So uh, do that if you get a chance. But in the meantime, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minutes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Harper signing out.